Welcome to the I Work For Him podcast. I'm Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program, the voice of the faith and work movement. Our mission is to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. What does that look like in your workplace? Let's find out right now. Jim and Martha Brangenberg were recently guests on the Millennial Boom podcast with host Patrick Kelly. Patrick asked some insightful questions to Jim and Martha about workplace and workspace from their perspective as Gen Xers. We hope you enjoy part one of this two-part interview. Welcome back to the Millennial Boom podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Patrick Kelly, entrepreneur, small business owner, and strategist in the produce and supply chain industry. Uh, Today, I have two very special guests. So this is interesting. It's a husband and wife. They're both uh, in the media network. They have their own podcast, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. They're the hosts of the I Work For Him radio and podcast that is also on the Charisma Podcast Network. Jim and Martha, uh, thanks for coming in today. Well, Well, thanks for having us. Yeah, we're grateful to be here. No, this is awesome. So what I always ask uh, all my uh, guests on the show, uh, what generation are you? So, uh, Jim, why don't you start us off? What generation are you and uh, what do you believe defines your generation? So I'm a generation Xer. So, you know, we call it the, you know, red you know, redheaded step middle child really is what we feel like. Um, you know, I think what defines our generation is that we're smashed between two monstrous generations who are super powerful, who are trend setting, and there's just the Xers who have been forgotten. Uh, and, and so, as a as an Xer, having been raised in a uh, in a family with boomer siblings and by traditionalist parents, um, I'm the rebel child. Uh, but I find that the Xers have been forgotten. So I just call ourselves the forgotten generation. Oh, okay. That's so and Martha, sad. what about you? Well, it's funny because Jim and I are only 25 days apart. She's older. I am older. And <laughs> we're, we we're, call her a cougar. So we are both <laughs> the babies of our families. So we're kind of in an interesting place because in our date, the date of our birth, we are Xers, like Jim said, but we were the youngest children of a bunch of siblings that are boomers. So both of us are. So it's like we were always the baby of the family, yet... In when we talk about um, generations, it's like we're the middle child, and um, it's kind of funny because we love this conversation around the generations because we appreciate we we happen to be those people that appreciate um, those that are chronologically superior to us and those that are younger than us, and we those lo- are chronologically we, inferior people. Um, no, I don't. I don't say inferior. Okay, that's not that's not the way I say them. But we love hanging out with people our age as well as both older and younger. And so we love seeing the dynamics and how they play out. And it's funny because in a lot of ways, I identify in all of the generations that are existing right now in little pockets of my life. Um, but like Jim said, a lot of times we feel like eh, the Xers kind of we just we're just that stable little middle child that's always there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's what I, I do hear that from a lot of the Generation X. And it's funny because my brother's on the cusp of Generation X and a lot of millennial, um, I would say, ha- millennials have either a Generation X sibling mm-hmm. or a millennial sibling. So I, I completely understand how you're saying it with the traditionalists, the builders, and then with the baby boomers and the Xers with you. And then kind of the millennials, we feel that we're going to be stuck in the middle between the iGens and the Gen Xers here in the next 20 years as well. So um, completely understand where you're coming from, but I love the aspect that you said you have 
um, each generation it's like a pocket that you have right there mm-hmm. you have something with them so that's very that's very interesting so um, we so we all met through um, our my co-author Hans Finzel we were guests on the I work for him radio and podcast and we spoke about to, to your audience about the generations so now it's time to let Jim and Martha speak so when we talked to them about the millennial boom They were passionate about a couple different areas. Um, We call them the uh, five areas of conflict, which include uh, workspace and workplace, schedules and priorities, marriage and family, technology, and dress and body art. And the two that Jim and Martha were most passionate about were workplace and workspace and marriage and families. Many things in life are out of your control, but you can control the content you listen to. I Work For Him has created a podcast with you in mind. Subscribe to the I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform, and you can choose to listen on demand. Shows release several times per week and offer 15-minute highlights of content to help you learn to transform your workplace into a mission field. Subscribe today by searching for I Work For Him Power Pod on your favorite podcast platform. So we're going to get right into it and let Martha start first and talk about workplace and workspace. What do you think, Martha? Well, you know, it's really funny because um, I, again, like I can, like I said, I, I tend to pick up things I like from each generation. And I feel like as Gen Xers in the area of workspace and workplace, you know, we we started our career. I had this idea that I was going to be that gal that wore the navy blue suit and worked in the high rise. She looked good in it too, by the way. <laughs> but that was my idea. I was getting an accounting minor, a business major. I was going to go work in a high rise somewhere and have a, you know, hopefully someday a corner office. This was the way I thought, and um, it wasn't until you know I was kind of putting this together. I'm like, you know, that didn't last very long. Um, we both are very entrepreneurial in our um, spirit and in the way that we've been raised and our giftings. And so our work, our workplace has been all kinds of different things, um, but we've been very creative. Uh, there was a time when we owned our own chain of insurance agencies and we actually built a home with a level just for our agency. And Jim, do you remember that somebody really, they were like, how can you run an insurance agency out of your basement? You, you know, you can't do that. You'll <laughs> never make it. It'll never work. But we were the kind it was of people. Taboo to them it, back then. it was. Oh. oh yeah, it was like, how in the world do you think you can function and be professional and all these things? But one of the things that set us apart what was year was that? Martha? That would have been the early nineties. Ninety four is the, day, the year we closed on that house. Yeah, so nineteen ninety four. That was the year that Al Gore created the internet. <laughs> Worldwide web. Yes, exactly. Okay, I don't know about the Al Gore part, but that is the year that the internet really went global. That was the year that everybody in America got an AOL disc in the mail. Oh yes. my goodness! You know what? I don't listen. So in 1994, well, how old was I? <laughs> Three. I think I was ten. Yeah. Oh, ten. Like, no, but yeah, ten. But that, yeah, you're right. Because I set up my my parents' first computer, so yeah, I'm sure I you did. Getting those discs and get it. I remember my. Uh, I still have an AOL account. We still have the same AOL names wow. that my dad created with us, created for us back then. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, but we did business very differently, and so it was it was never um, 
a concern for us because Jim always met for insurance right at people where they were at. We didn't expect them to come to us. We were very um, um, customer focused. Customer focused, and so that really helped us out a lot. So for me, Patrick, when I look at workspaces, I, I look at that. You know, I I get introduced computers as a thirteen year old. So nineteen seventy nine, I was programming on a computer that had fourteen k of RAM. That was it. Nineteen seventy nine. Nineteen seventy nine. Fourteen k of RAM, and my first. You know, I got a programming degree. I programmed on mass, huge computers that took up multiple warehouses to uh, to, to hold them all in one place. And, uh, and that was really a challenge. But when I got out of college, within weeks of when I got out of college, Honeywell, Control Data, Unisys started laying off thousands and thousands of people in Minneapolis where I grew up. And because the world was moving PC, at that point in time, IBM had just released double you know dual cartridge cd dual cd computers but by 1987 when i really got my first job they just built the 20 meg hard drive you thought the oh world had, i mean it was we, what on god's green earth would we do with all that space that's what we said but that really <laughs> it, when you look at what defined the work space and the workplace, it was the invention of the PC. Because I got a degree in programming large computers, but I never ever worked in it. I immediately went to PCs, and having the PC changed how everybody did stuff um, because it created networking. There was Novell networking, and then there was uh, Microsoft networking. Of course, Microsoft won that battle, uh, but it changed everything because eventually, you know, we went to laptops. We had portable computers in the late 80s. They were the size of a, of a typewriter, um, but you could bring it anywhere you wanted to go. Had a 20 meg hard drive in it and a little amber screen and you could go anywhere you wanted to. So all of a sudden computing changed it. And I think that that was really what <laughs> defined our generation uh, with um, when it came to workspaces because the workspaces moved. And uh, so, but at that point in time, there wasn't really the internet was really a joke because you had 14k dial up and then you eventually got to 50 or 64k dial up and then it, it, so that wasn't really a big deal but what when i looked at workspaces as an xer i knew i didn't have to be in my office to do my work but because i worked for boomers i always had to be in the office even though i could i, I get, got to work at eight o'clock in the morning i could work till seven o'clock at night it didn't matter where i was i could do that same work as long as i had a connection to the main computer but networking, yeah. when you got, when you finally got remote networking by the mid 2000s, people could work from anywhere. And then you got smartphones that Palm Pilot, it changed the world. Field manuals have been around for decades. You and I are soldiers serving in the mission fields at work. The I Work For Him field manual are intended to provide the practical, tactical, factual, and biblical perspectives around work, women at work, and retirement. Our field manuals provide the detailed biblical information and faith-based how-tos for Christ followers like you serving in the field. Go to iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore and request your free chapter today. That's iworkforhim.com forward slash bookstore. Thanks for going digital. Let's jump right there then. So now we look at workplace and workspace though. So that that gets me in my curiosity going, so why though? Why this big shift though 
So we've gone through so much with technology, as you're saying. I mean, Hans's first computer was the Trash 80 that had 2K of RAM, right? He, <laughs> he talks about that in, in the book, right? Mm-hmm. So what what The TSR-80 had 32K of RAM. The one oh I worked goodness. on was older than his. <laughs> older than his. See, that oh, was his word. first one that he had for his mobile. So think about it like this. So what happened, though? So because... We, the millennial generation, there's so many generalizations, right? Because that's what we yeah. like to call them, generalization. Right. Is that so when millennials are on this technology, when really, you know, Generation X is what I'm hearing is you guys really led the forefront in diving deep into getting this stuff out there, right? I mean, it was the baby boomers that created the technology, mm-hmm. but as you're talking about, you were pretty much, that defined a lot of you and your generation, right, Jim? Well, the so, baby boomers may have developed the technology, Patrick, but they didn't like it. They didn't want to use exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> um, so why today as we move forward do we still look down on this technology when we see a millennial on their phone or an Xer on their phone? Why is there always this generalization that they're doing something else? I and mean, now I'm going to look at Jim every time I look at him. If he's on his phone, I'm going to be like, I wonder what he's doing on there. He's mm. probably like, he's probably cracking a code in there. What's he doing? You know what I mean? <laughs> what? Right? Because now what you've told me, I, I, I've learned a little bit about you, right? But why the generalization right off the bat that we think that okay, these look, kids are just playing games on their phones? Okay, Mr. Like millennial, Mr. Millennial, back down a little bit. Step off the soapbox <laughs> just to give me a chance to answer that question. Here's the difference. The Xer generation didn't grow up playing video games. You got to remember we had Pong and okay. we had Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, uh, Donkey Kong Jr. Those were those were video games. Most of us didn't have them at home because you got to remember Pong was $300 in 1982. You could wow. buy a good used car for three hundred bucks in nineteen eighty two. So it was it was only for the very, very rich and famous. I remember the first time I played Pong, it was like nineteen eighty three or four, and I'm like, holy smokes, this is cool. So the the extras, we didn't grow up playing video games, were the millennials. They first played video games before they play before they worked on their computer. And so you guys grew up with your computer as part of your life because you can't remember life without a computer. But the extras, I mean, I remember life without cell phones. I remember being, you know, having to use a phone that had a 30-foot-long cord so I could have a phone conversation with my girlfriend in another room without my parents being around. So I yeah. remember dial-up, you know, phones where you had to do the... Not that... You know, you messed up, Jim. Start over again. You messed up. You got to start all the way over. Nine. The phone, if you messed up, the whole number was screwed. What? Oh yeah, if you dialed in. Oh, that's all. Yeah, yeah that's oh, all. That yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so when you look at the reason Xers and Boomers looked on the Millennials, it's like, don't, do they ever put it down? It's it goes down to a one simple word, and I believe it's relationship. The the Boomers, everything was about relationships because they had to work in huge teams in order to accomplish anything because they didn't have computers. Xers had to work in teams because the computers never worked right. Because at Windows, you got to remember, um, Bill Gates bought Microsoft DOS from a guy who started it in his garage and and turned it into Windows. And Windows 95 was a living nightmare. So, uh, um, you know, we computers never worked. So you had to work together as a team in order to get it done because nobody could get their computer to work together all at the same time. Millennials don't even remember that. And besides, millennials use Macs. And they work all the time. You know, but yet, you try to get an Xer that's you know really a pc-based extra like me to get it to get them to use a mac like 
Yeah, I don't think so. Not going to do it. I, I I agree. You, I mean, a lot of your your statements are correct too. Um, I I do agree because like I I, have, I actually I was convinced to get the Mac. Now I was always a PC guy, but I, I got convinced to the Mac. But I do. I, I see a lot of those sim, uh, similarities in the millennials. I grew up like I said. I'm almost forty, so I'm on the 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 tail end of the millennials mm-hmm. i mean i did i had atari when i was growing up mm-hmm. i had one two tvs i had the older phones with the cords right the same thing but i was like 12 and 13 and then it graduated when it when it hit 2000 and i was in high school i was writing html code as my elective classes in high school <laughs> so it was it was it was it was it was very different yep. right so I, I do agree and then we got our first pager right and then our first cell phones now we talk about this workspace and workplace though uh, and you're right technology has definitely made an impact on that and we've seen that it's impacted all over the globe uh, year after year the technology changes that we need to change so as you look at the workspace and workplace because as i say right um work's not somewhere you go it's something you do i think that you two believe in that martha what's your thought i mean we know people have to go to work but when we say work is not you know, somewhere you go, it's something you do. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe, how do you, how do you take that, that statement? Well, it's really funny because we just recently within the last year moved into a more of a retirement community because of some family decisions um, to be near my parents. But we and we work at home most of the time. We do our radio broadcasting from home. We do our podcast. You know, most of our work, unless we're on the road, we are at home working. And even just this last week, I had somebody say something about, well, we weren't going to have time to do something over the weekend. Well, maybe we could do it on Monday. And I said, well, I'd really rather not do it on Monday because we have to work. And they looked at me and they're like, but don't you just have the radio show? <laughs> I want to I want to smack <laughs> people when they say that. And, and I'm like, hmm, they don't get it. And this is somebody that's retired. And they don't get that because I work at home, I still have stuff I have to do. Like I need to produce the work. And so it was just this aha moment for me that it's like, there's some, I don't, and this is somebody who knows me very well. Like they know what we do for our everyday, I thought. Um, but even then just making that comment, well, but don't you just have the radio show? I was like, hmm, I'm just going to bite my tongue and smile and <laughs> say yes. But um, so, you know, I, I, I guess I, I, that was just one example of how we still, we butt up against other generations with, right. with the lifestyle that we live of working. And, you know, we're not punching a time clock, but we're working a lot of hours well and patrick i think i figured out martha just said it right there when we first started working the xers we we still lived a little bit of the boomer and traditionalist life you used to be able to walk away from work when you were done at five you Mm. were done you couldn't take work with you if you wanted to take work with you you had to bring paper you had a briefcase (laughs) a briefcase is a thing that looks like a really small suitcase that had a little handle on it it stored papers and you could (laughs) you could bring that home and you could make notes on it but you uh, but you had to have and you had paper everywhere we had file cabinets for Mm -hmm. miles at work that's the way work was when we started but now you can work anytime anywhere and you're always working you're never disconnected Mm. and that's the difference in the generations we remember when you could actually shut off work that's a good point and today you cannot shut off work yeah and that and that has a lot to do with workspace and workplace too Mm -hmm. because you have to have the balance i mean 
um, everywhere. And that and that that'll lead right into our next uh, topic, which is marriage and family. So we'll we'll take a quick second break, and then we'll come back and talk to uh, Jim and Martha about marriage and family and how that invades work. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him podcast with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Please visit iworkforhim.com to learn more about connecting your faith and work, to join the I Work For Him nation, or subscribe to our weekly blog. You can also follow us on social media at I Work For Him to stay up to date and meet our guests. If today's message spoke to you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review will launch more workplace missionaries across America. That's at I Work For Him and online iworkforhim.com. I Work The number number four, him.com.